We all thrive when we're able to talk with other folks who share common values and face common challenges. One way for educators to meet each other to talk about what they're doing and share ideas is through social media. Here in Vermont, educators use the hashtag VTED to connect with each other on Twitter. This state educational Twitter hashtag allows for local community building and discussion where we share a common policy context. But this phenomena isn't unique to Vermont. In today's podcast, Mark Olison talks with Joshua Rosenberg and Spencer Greenhall, education researchers from Michigan State University. Their research focuses on state-level Twitter conversations among educators. Who's doing it and what are they getting out of it? And uh, spoiler alert, when they looked around the country, it turned out Vermont emerged as a pretty special place. So this is Mark Olifson with the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education, um, and we've got a couple of other researchers with us today. Um, uh, guys, could you just uh, tell us your names and, and where you're at? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I'll go first if you don't mind, uh, Spencer. Uh, my name is Josh Rosenberg, and I am a graduate student at Michigan State University. And before graduate school, I was a high school biology and earth science and chemistry teacher. I'm So I'm Spencer Greenhall. I am also at Michigan State University. Josh and I are both in uh, MSU's Educational Psychology and Educational Technology program. I'm in my fourth year there, and where I do research on things like teachers' use of Twitter. Josh and I do uh, a couple of different kinds of Twitter research, actually, but one area that we've really been interested in is what we call SETHs, or State Educational Twitter Hashtags. And we're particularly interested in this because as local as you can get with Twitter, you know, we talk about Twitter being something that can connect people from all across the world, and that that's a wonderful ability that it has. But people are also using it in sort of geographically defined ways. And we wanted to get a picture of what that looked like across the United States. It's cool. It's ambitious. It's um, inspiring. We don't know a lot more about uh, what to really make of this new uh, opportunity, whether it's for us as teachers to share resources we create or resources we find, uh, whether it's a chance for us to connect with others. We came to this research largely through participating in the same communities or the same hashtags in this case. And through participating in them, we saw an opportunity to possibly collect data on what was going on and just start to create a portrait of what was going on kind of as a first step and building on some kind of newer work on Twitter and education. And what, what types of things do you see uh, educators doing on Twitter? Um, we see them tweeting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Over six months, um, we looked at lists of hashtags that other folks had created. And we, we found, we did our best to find a hashtag for every state. And we, we found more than half a million tweets over six months. This is the first six months of 2015. And we have some more recent data, including Vermont Ed or hashtag VT Ed for this most recent year. But they're, they're talking about a lot of different things. Teachers are using Twitter to build community. And we expected this to be a sort of very professionally driven thing. And don't get us wrong, it is. But at the same time, we also saw teachers who are just shooting the breeze. You know, they're connecting with people that uh, they haven't seen in a while, or maybe people that they only know through Twitter. They're they're chatting and they're having a good time. So anything from building community to also con- 
contributing to a broader educational conversation, uh, that they're offering their own thoughts from their own experience. They're, they're developing original ideas and sharing it with others. Uh, but on top of that, they're also taking the original ideas that others have shared and others have created, and they're engaging with that in a way. They're endorsing it or critiquing it or commenting it on it in, in some way. So there's a wide range of purposes that teachers seem to have uh, when they use Twitter. And we've been really impressed with the the diversity of ways that teachers are using Twitter. Uh, and also, as, as Josh mentioned, the scope, there's a lot of tweeting going on across the whole United States. Here in um, Vermont, we have a, a, a Twitter chat that uh, we, we you know, different folks host, and we really kind of focus in on, on Thursday nights, and we bring a set of questions to it um, and encourage teachers to chime in um, on sort of a structured chat. Is that something that you see happening in other places? One of the most promising things we're starting to notice, and it's, I, I say notice because obviously we have nothing to do with the chats that are already established and are ongoing. One big difference we see, Mark, is that when states seem to have a synchronous chat, whether it's every other week, every week, or or less common than those, there seems to be a lot more activity. And that's not surprising because just by the nature of having an hour where people come together at the same time to discuss communicating with parents or curricular standards, or um, in some states, political topics, a lot of the the assess that we're seeing, Kansas sticks out, are, are very politically active. But in addition to the amount of activity, there seems to be a lot more mentions. So a trend that we're not really sure about yet, but maybe just intuitively you might expect, is you know six days and 23 hours when there's not a chat, people are more likely to be sharing out content, sharing out links, sometimes with many hashtags. And when they're talking at the same time for a, a chat, there seems to be a lot more interaction a lot more mentions um, between participants. So that that seems pretty interesting because it shows maybe that it's we use Twitter in different ways, uh, depending on when we choose to use a hashtag or, or just participate in another way. Great. Yeah. You know, I would say that, uh, you know, uh, addressing a little bit about what comes up in those, Vermont is is working with some uh, some policy mandates around personalized learning. And I think that the, the Twitter chat has been a great place for people to, you know, unpack uh, what's going on in their schools around some of those personalized learning plans and uh, other things related to what here is called Act 77. And so it's been really nice kind of when there's been a, a statewide change to have that statewide outlet for um, teachers and administrators to all kind of connect and talk about what's going on in their spaces. And if I can build on that a little bit, I think it, it that's one of the reasons that Josh and I and our colleagues were interested in looking at this particular state-based phenomenon of Twitter use. As I said, there you know there are a lot of different ways out there. So I'm familiar with SS Chat for social studies teachers across the across the country. Um, th there are a lot of different ways to participate. And so we were trying to think, why do these regional, why do these sort of geographically centered hashtags also exist? And I think it's exactly, Mark, for the, the reasons that you're talking about, that in the United States, as much as we might talk about or even complain about uh, the role of the federal government uh, in education, much of what's going on is happening at a state level. And it's really important for the teachers in Vermont to be able to band together and, uh, you know, Teachers in California might not be able to relate to them 
on, on those points. You know, if they're talking about subject matter, that's a different thing. But when it comes to issues of policy and what's going on in the classroom, often the voices that teachers need to hear, or so we feel from our research, um, and what appears to be evident in the existence of these state-based hashtags, uh, the voices that people need to hear are the ones that are a couple counties over or on the other side of the state, or, you know, someone who can sort of relate to what's going on in your classroom. Because Vermont, by some measures, is the most active. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth, one thing we looked at was how many people used the, a state hashtag over six months. Um, so in Vermont, that was a little over 2,000 unique uh, participants. Uh, we we adjusted the number of participants by how many teachers there were in the state using kind of the best data we could get on the number of teachers per state from uh, the some census data. And mm-hmm. Vermont came out on top um, with – this is – now, a caveat is, of course, not everyone who participates is a, participates is a teacher. But we used that kind of as a proxy for the size of the educational community in the state. And mm-hmm. – and, there were about 0.25, um, actually closer to 0.26, um, people who used the hashtag VTED um, as there were teachers in the state. So uh, a really high proportion of activity in Vermont. So we could translate that to be, you know, neighborhood of one in four of uh, if we we're adjusted by that that teacher metric. If everybody was participating in it, be uh, if a 0.25, is that a decent interpretation? Yeah, thanks. That's exactly it. And uh, one thing we we also looked we looked we pulled out a sample of uh, participants and we tried to code how many were administrators, how many were in instructional support positions, how many were educational researchers, how many were supporting uh, representing an organization, and we found that about 0.25 of all of our participants were teachers. <laughs> so, so I guess it'd be like if you wanted to make a claim from the data, you could say maybe one in 16 Vermont teachers, (laughs) roughly. But, you know, Josh brings up a great point there because it's also administrators. It's also, um, you know, university researchers and and other folks who have uh, a connection to education who are getting involved in these conversations. And I, you know, we don't have any data to prove this one way or the other, but I imagine sometimes that's really helpful. And sometimes it might muddy up the conversation a little bit. But it's it's interesting to know that uh, because Twitter is a public forum, other people are getting involved in these educational discussions. Well, absolutely. I mean, that we here at uh, the Terran Institute are at the University of Vermont and work in schools. Um, and we definitely do utilize the, the VTED hashtag in order to uh, par- continue to participate in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you alluded to kind of that uh, a lot of folks in Vermont are, are using this hashtag. And um, I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more um, about how frequently folks who do use the hashtag, how often are they on Twitter? How active are they on this hashtag? Um, that's a great question. And maybe something we can look at uh, and dive into uh, deeper. Um, right now, it looks like there's kind of a long tail where there's a lot of people who are really active. And then, um, and then a lot of people who participate just once or twice. So, um, we, we haven't done really enough to look into that, but, uh, there seems to be a a wide range of, of kind of degree of how active the average Twitter user for, um, for VTN and other hashtags uh, Mm -hmm. is. I think one thing that we can say uh, across the U.S. is that 
um, there's an average about there's an average of about 70 of these tweets coming out per day, which if you think of these in terms of professional development sort of reflects a, a sort of steady stream of contact with the broader t teaching community. Again, th that's an average taken across the entire United States, not just Vermont Ed, um, but it's an, a number that we've been impressed with. And like Josh said, you know, we have some uh, definitely some area to, to dig deeper and figure out what's going on in these particular sets. And I think you guys also looked uh, at when people were, were doing these tweets, sort of like what days of the week. Is, the, is this something that people are holding off onto the weekend or is it is it pretty consistent um, throughout the week? Yeah. Um, so it seems to be that uh, kind of surprisingly, or maybe not, um, Friday and Saturday seem to be the lowest activity days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess what's super impressive is that so many um, of us are coming home and uh, tweeting, you know, at eight o'clock on a weeknight. But on Friday night, we seem to take the sets off, <laughs> um, yeah. and and Saturday too. But um, but by the same token, um, Sunday is uh, I it, it's almost the most uh, active day. It looks like Sunday and, and Thursday were two two days with really high activity. So maybe it's, uh, preparing for the week ahead, lesson planning. Um, yeah, sharing, I, I was going to, yeah, I, I was going to say that seems, um, at least when I think about when I was uh, teaching, those were times that I was, you know, doing a lot of my preparation work. And so thinking about if folks are, you know, doing lesson planning or th are planning projects, these types of things, that maybe Twitter and these hashtags are spaces that they're turning to to help assist them uh, in their planning. And I think it also connects to what we talked about earlier in terms of chats. Uh, if you break down these these overall figures by chat, you can see, for example, so the Georgia Ed uh, hashtag is really active on Thursdays and barely active the other days of the week. Uh, Michigan Ed, Mish Ed is pretty active throughout the week, but there's a clear peak on Wednesdays. And uh, what from what we know of these hashtags, it's because there's a chat going on on one of these particular nights. And uh, in I don't know. That, that's that's really impressive to see that this chat is drawing in so many people enough that it's really affecting um, the participation. And it goes back to this idea that these chats in particular, not just the hashtag, but also these chats are really valuable resources for the teachers involved. Um, so, you know, you guys have now spent a lot of time looking at what educators are doing in Twitter. You have, uh, you know, you, you, you've alluded to some continued research that you're going on. Um, why, you know, overall, what do you think educators are, are really getting out of, of using Twitter? that maybe they couldn't get from somewhere else? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, do you have any ideas, Spencer? Yeah, so I, I'm, I, I think of some, you know, some smarter researchers than us who, who have sort of paved the way for, for our research. But um, so, uh, oh, goodness, they're, they're, I'm blanking on their names. But Dan Kretka and Jeff Carpenter, uh, they've done some great work surveying teachers about their use of Twitter. And what they've been able to tell us is that these teachers are finding sort of a personalized form of professional development that they feel like they're not getting um, in the more workshop 
workshop-based or standardized PD opportunities that they're having in their normal career, uh, that getting onto Twitter and being able to connect with specific people in specific communities is giving them answers to questions that they have in that particular moment, uh, and that they're able to reach out to other people and feel like it's it's a a friendly sort of environment for them to make connections with others, that there's a broad scope going on. And because of that broad scope, they can also get something that's heavily personalized in nature. And uh, some of the work that, that I have done uh, has, has sort of reinforced this a little bit, looking at um, some, you know, a particular hashtag that served as sort of a just what I needed in the moment uh, sort of opportunity for some teachers in France. And that, that was something really fun to look at. Yeah, um, I, I think that um, what Spencer referenced in terms of um, some folks who have asked teachers, you know, what do you take away from this? This idea of a, a personalized uh, learning network is a really powerful idea. And we should add, it's not just limited to Twitter. It also includes uh, Pinterest or um, Facebook uh, and, and other um, – it's kind of – distributed across different, you know, homes that we have, or even if we have a website, um, that could be part of, um, kind of a hub for the network that we create. Um, I think one thing that stuck with me is seeing teachers say using Twitter has refreshed my teaching or it's, mm. it's giving me a chance to kind of rethink, uh, who I am as a teacher. And, uh, I think that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, would you? I, I've got to ask. Would you recommend for teachers to uh, to check out their their state level hashtag? I absolutely would. Uh, I I should make it clear that I wouldn't pressure anyone into doing that. So I had a, a brief career as a French teacher uh, before I started graduate school, and I remember just feeling so overwhelmed. <laughs> by uh, everything that I was learning to do at the time, that if someone had told me I needed to use Twitter, which was sort of an escape for me at the time, uh, to you know, keep my mind in teacher mode, I probably would have rebelled. But I know other teachers who actually find that to be exactly what they need at the same, you know, when they're feeling overwhelmed. So it really depends on, I think, a teacher's particular circumstances. So I would 100% recommend that someone look into that. But, and Josh sort of alluded to this earlier, Twitter's not the only space for this. Twitter's a wonderful tool for it. But I think the thing that we're more interested in here is that teachers are using tools. They're using spaces uh, to find the help that they need. So check out Twitter. See if it's the space for you. If it's not, though, we hope that you'll find that space and find those resources somewhere else. Yeah, um, just to build on that, I would say definitely. Um, and I think the weekly chat's a, a good time to try to kind of dip your toe in, even if it's just to uh, kind of introduce yourself and then maybe watch a lot of it because it can be really hard to keep up with. But I found uh, both in North Carolina and in Michigan, um, North Carolina where I used to teach in Michigan where I'm uh, in graduate school now, that the folks who are participating are really welcoming to people who are, it's their first time to the chat and they'll kind of go out of their way to make it, um, a, make it, uh, welcoming for, for you. 
That's great. That's great. One thing, and, and this might uh, get, uh, we might place it somewhere else, but um, do you see parents interacting with um, educators on Twitter at all? Has that been anything that came up for you as you were looking at what was going on? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Um, Spencer, do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on the different participant categories that we have? Yeah. So we found that about 20% of the participant profiles that we looked at were what we called um, education connected. So these are folks who have a clear interest in education of some kind, but we couldn't figure out from the short statement on their Twitter bio uh, what role they played in that. I think in some of those cases, I can't point to a particular example, but in, in some of those cases, I, I'm confident that those were teachers. Who, I'm sorry, that <laughs> of course they were teachers. But in some cases, I'm sure that those were parents who were interested to see what was going on in the teaching community because they had children in schools. Uh, you know, we had, we had other folks too, um, so, sort of educational gurus who wanted to, to step in and share their, their wisdom and, and all sorts of folks that had a clear interest in education, but maybe not a clear title that went along with that. And that in our experience, absolutely includes some parents. Um, so uh, anything else that you uh, that either of you guys would uh, like to share with us about uh, Twitter and education or state level hashtags or even yeah. online professional development writ largely? Go ahead. Uh, one thing, Mark, I'd like to add is um, we don't see this as our kind of proprietary uh, like topic because this is data that teachers have created like so what that means for us is that we want to be really careful about saying why um why different sets have more activity than others um sets being what we're calling the state educational twitter hashtags um and being open to uh kind of sharing back to uh to the teachers who who are doing such amazing things. Um, some of what we found and, um, kind of getting to hear from, from teachers and others to what they make of what's going on in their Seth or what they think of the findings. And, and to that end, we're, we're interested in sharing the data we collected. Um, mm -hmm. if, if others want to, uh, contact us, um, we can negotiate, uh, a way to share the data. And, um, we, I, I guess um, I just want to say we're really thankful for um, the chance to collect data that's from cool communities. A lot of times in education, we kind of swoop in and collect data and then kind of swoop out. And this has been an opportunity to uh, kind of from the side of the kind of from the side, um, just see something really neat going on and get to kind of document it. Yeah, if I could, if I can build on that, I think so. Josh used the word "cool" in his statement right there, and that's also a word he used at the beginning to describe why we wanted to do that sort of research. And I, I couldn't endorse that statement enough, um, especially the the spin, Josh, that you put on it. Uh, th this most recent time that you brought it up, a lot of times, you know, educational researchers when we come in to the classroom, our job is to to, to learn something that we can then 
come in and, and tell teachers. And in this case, I, I, I think, you know, I personally feel really lucky, and I know that my co-authors do too, that we could come into a space dominated by teachers and learn from them, um, a space being run by teachers and, and learn from them, because there's something amazing going on here. And it's been an absolute blast. You know, I, my, I just get a big smile <laughs> when I do some of this research sometimes, which isn't something that everyone can say about all research. But just being able to see the amazing work that teachers are doing in these spaces really, I don't know, it's, it's great for me and it's great for all of us, I think. This has been an episode of the 21st Century Classroom podcast of the Tarrant Institute for Innovative Education. Find out more at blog.tarrantinstitute.org. And join us every other Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern for a little thing on Twitter we like to call VT Ed Chat.